You're listening to In My Father's House with our pastor and teacher, Mike Venizio, Senior Pastor of Harvest Christian Fellowship in New York City, New York. In my Father's house, there's a place for me. In my Father's house, where I long to be, oh, my heart will not be troubled. I remember what you said. You know, we should follow Christ as our example. In the same chapter, in John's Gospel, in chapter 13, in verses 14 and 15, Jesus puts this whole example in perspective, and he says, If I then, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. For I have given you an example that you should do as I have done to you. God hates pride. It stands in the way of His will being accomplished in your life. If you think you're bringing anything to the table that God doesn't already have access to a thousand different ways, you'll likely learn the hard way that God can accomplish His will without your help. That may sound harsh, but remember, that's not what God wants. As Pastor Mike will explain in today's message, God wants to use you as you submit your gifts and abilities to Him in humility. Now here's Pastor Mike in the book of 1 Peter chapter 5 as he begins his message, Final Charges. We're so thankful. We're so glad that you've chosen uh, to be with us. Well, listen, things are winding down now in our Living Hope series studies in the book of 1 Peter. We've already moved into the final chapter, chapter 5 of this book of the Bible. So we're just going to pick up and continue where we left off last time, verses 5 through 9. These are Peter's final charges. So anyway, with that said, let's go ahead and read that text of Scripture, and then we'll ask God's blessing on the remainder of our time together as we study of the word. So 1 Peter chapter 5 beginning in verse 5. Likewise, you younger people, submit yourselves to your elders. Yes, all of you be submissive to one another and be clothed with humility. For God resists the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. Notice Peter here is quoting from the book of Proverbs, the book of wisdom in chapter 3 in verse 34. Verse 6. Therefore, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in due time, casting all of your care upon him, for he cares for you. Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary the devil walks about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. Resist him, steadfast in the faith, knowing that the same sufferings are experienced by your brotherhood in the world. Let's begin in that word of prayer. Father, we pray now that you bless our time together as we study your word. 
Lord, reward each one for their commitment to be here and a part of this service this evening. God, we thank you. God, open up this uh, final chapter to us, Lord, as we examine these final exhortations, final charges uh, of Peter to the, to the church. And Lord, may we receive them and take them in and may they uh, serve to be a blessing within our lives. Father, we thank you. Now, God, settle our hearts. I pray that there wouldn't be anything that would stand in the way of our receiving from you. And as always, I'd ask that my words would be your words, for we ask all of these things in the name of Jesus. Amen. So once again, the title is Final Charges. Okay, so Peter is winding down his epistle here, and what we have here is really his closing remarks, his conclusions, his final thoughts, his final exhortations. And they are certainly worth thinking about. Now, notice he charges Christians everywhere, throughout every generation, to be humble, notice verse 6, to be reliant, verse 7, and to be watchful in verse uh, 8. And so we should be particularly interested in these exercises. Okay, so let's take them in that order. Let me break them down for you. The first of which was the first exhortation Peter gives is that the church the people in God's church, be humble. Okay, what are we talking about here? Well, first of all, let me say how important it is for God's people to be humble. I mean, of all of the sins, pride could be considered the greatest evil we as Christians face for several reasons. For example, it prevents us from receiving from the Lord. It causes us to be self-reliant and know how that we need to receive of the Lord, to be open and transparent, uh, and ready to receive of the Lord, His instructions. And then also, another reason, it prevents us from being used of uh, God. Because pride will help you, or really uh, cause you to be uh, self-glorified. In other words, uh, we we realize that we really don't need God uh, to work uh, through us. You know, here's an observation concerning this sin of pride. In my experience, whenever we treat this subject, that is pride, people being prideful, we're always looking to put this on someone else. We're always thinking about someone else, rather than turning to ourselves and examining ourselves to see if we are prideful in any uh, way. So pride is one of the hardest sins to detect in our own lives, and few own up to it. Although, I did once hear of this story, I'd like to share it with you, where a pastor was preaching to his congregation on the dangers of pride. And at the conclusion of that message, a certain woman came forward and declared, Pastor, you really spoke to me. I am guilty of the sin of pride. Well, sympathetically, the pastor inquired and said, Madam, how does pride affect you? Well, she responded, Every morning when I awaken, I just sit in front of the mirror and admire my beauty, she answered. My dear sister, replied the pastor, that isn't pride, that's imagination. Okay, so just a little comic relief here, okay? Just a a crazy little uh, story. Break the ice. But anyway, may the Lord give us insight into our shortcomings. We need to pray that we may see ourselves for who we really are. We are to be humble. We are to be respectful, honoring one another in Christ. Notice there in verse 5, the exhortation. 
Likewise, you younger people, submit yourselves to your elders. And using that word elders, Peter is referring to those uh, who are mature Christians within the body. We need to learn from each other. We need to listen to the voice of experience. And that's exactly what the elders uh, possess. He goes on to declare, be subject one to another. In other words, honor, submit, respect. And then he says, be clothed with humility. You know, I like one writer's translation of this phrase, be clothed with humility. And he says, put on the servant's apron of humility to one another. I like that translation. You know, I wonder if Peter had in mind that unforgettable experience that's recorded for us in John's Gospel in chapter 13 and verses 4 and 5, where there we are told Jesus rose from supper, laid aside his garments, took a towel and girded himself, and after that he poured water into a basin and began to wash the disciples' feet and to wipe them with a towel with which he was uh, girded. And so I'm just wondering if if Peter was thinking about that when he exhorts us uh, to be uh, humble. You know, we should follow Christ as our example. In the same chapter, in John's Gospel, in chapter 13, in verses 14 and 15, Jesus puts this whole example in perspective, and he says, If I then, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. For I have given you an example that you should do as I have done to you. You know, on another occasion, Jesus took a little child and set him before a crowd. And it's recorded first in Matthew's Gospel in chapter 18 in verse 4. And there we are told, Jesus said, Whoever humbles himself as this little child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. And so listen, we can learn a lot from children. That is their sweetness, their uh, humility. And that's what we're talking about, humility, being humble. But someone says at this point, who wants to be like a child? You will go unnoticed and unknown. You'll be cast aside. We want to be somebody. We want to be exalted. Well, listen, in the quest for importance, we overlook the essential test of our faith, and that is humility. So, Have we become a generation of tired, fussy, would-be Christian experts with few examples of humility among us? Good question. Maybe we know too much. We have heard all of the great preachers preach. We've read all of the books that they've written. And it's practically impossible for us to become as a little child. We want to be brilliant scholars. We want to be profound philosophers. We want to be deep-thinking theologians. But childlike? Never. People will think we're stupid. Gang, we need a new realization of Christ's humility. And without it, we are in trouble. Notice what it says there in verse uh, 5. He says, God, Peter tells us, quoting from the book of Proverbs, God resists the proud. So please, Take that to heart. You see, God hates pride. He judges pride. And there can be no peace or blessing under such circumstances. It'll shut down God uh, from being able to pour out his blessings upon us. But on the other hand, how much more joyous and rewarding 
is the Lord's promise to those who practice his humility. Notice what it says here also in that same verse in verse 5. He gives grace to the humble. And then in verse 6 we are told, therefore, and this is a, a, an encouragement to do this, verse 6, therefore humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God that he may exalt you in due time. So there is this uninterrupted flow of God's favor into the lives of those who obey God in respect to humility. Remember in the book of Micah, we were instructed there on the things that please God, the things that God expects from his people. And in Micah chapter 6, in verse 8, we are told exactly what God requires of us. He has shown you, O man, what is good and what does the Lord require of you, but to do justly, to love mercy, and here you have it, and to walk humbly with our uh, God. Okay, so humility. And so Peter stresses the importance of putting on this virtue of humility. Be ye humble. And then secondly, Peter exhorts, uh, exhorts us to be reliant. Remember now, these are Peter's final charges. These are the things that are most important. I mean, how would you have ended uh, your epistle, right, if you were addressing uh, the church? What would be your final exhortations? What would be your final charges? Uh, the things that are most important. Uh, so uh, Peter is uh, doing exactly that. Okay, so the second thing Peter exhorts the church is to be reliant, that is, relying upon God. Notice there in verse 7, let's go back to our text. Casting all of your care upon him, for he cares for you. Now, unfortunately, there are some Christians who haven't taken this exhortation to heart. And how do I know that? Well, just look at the anxious, care-worn faces of people. You say, what do you expect? You know, things are crazy in the world in which we uh, live. There's so much trouble. But yes, trials should never be an excuse for anxious care. Care works havoc on your soul and diverts attention from duty to crazy imaginations that rarely become a reality. So don't put the cart before the horse and don't build bridges uh, before we uh, come to them or try to cross bridges before we try to uh, come to them. Oh, how devastating is the sin of care. Not only is it a sin against God, but it is also a sin against ourselves, our worn and weary minds, torn by care. Gang, be assured, God wants us to turn to him, casting our care upon him, as we are exhorted here by Peter in this text. You know, in the book of Deuteronomy, chapter 33, as Moses is standing before the uh, 12 tribes of Israel, and in Deuteronomy chapter 33 and verse 25, there we are told, uh, as he addresses one of the tribes, he says, As thy days, so shall thy strength be. In other words, the Lord's grace and provision will be abundantly sufficient, daily meted out, to his people. And so, pray, and mean in everything, thy will be done. Reassign uh, uh, yourself to do God's choice. 
and there's nothing left to worry about. Just make sure that you're committed to just doing the perfect will of God, and thus there'll be nothing to worry about. So if you're guilty as uh, relating to this uh, issue, just make a decision today. Confess your fault, confess your sin, and claim God's forgiveness, and then let peace begin to reign within your life. Now thirdly, the final exhortation here, the final uh, charges of uh, Peter, thirdly, in writing of the sins of pride and care, Peter is constrained to warn us of our adversary, uh, the devil. Notice there in verse 8, he says, Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, walks about like a roaring lion, a lion seeking whom he may uh, devour. And so the idea here is be on guard. So our third exhortation, our third point is be watchful. Now, why should we be watchful? Well, because the devil, our adversary, is crafty. He's clever. He's strong. He's formidable. You know, interestingly enough, I remember years ago, there was a survey that was taken, and 1,500 uh, pastors uh, participated in it, and they asked the question, how many of you actually believe that the devil exists? Half of those 1,500 pastors who were surveyed didn't actually believe in the devil. Hey, listen, gang, don't be fooled. God warns us in 2 Corinthians in chapter 2, in verse 11, Paul there warns the church, lest Satan should take advantage of us, for we are not ignorant of his devices. So, what tactics then are we to employ to defeat the devil? Well, we're not talking about human effort or strength here. We need to resist, as we are encouraged to do here by Peter, and be steadfast in the faith. We must trust the Lord. Don't fight the battles yourself. Let Jesus do it for you. Face the enemy squarely in faith. And be assured, Christ's watchful eye is never turned from us. He watches over us. The Bible tells us in the book of Hebrews, He ever lives to make intercession for us, providing an escape from the devil's attacks. Remember that occasion when uh, Peter was having a conversation with the Lord, and Jesus turned to Peter, it's recorded for us in Luke's Gospel, chapter 22, verses 31 and 32, and Jesus said to Peter, Simon, Satan has asked for you, that he may sift you as wheat, but I have prayed for you, that your faith shall not fail. So listen, gang, when we are tempted by the devil, get in touch with intercession headquarters. Get in touch with uh, Jesus. Remember, and do that at once. He's praying for you. Cry out to him. Call upon the name of the Lord. Let there not be the slightest trace of self-dependency. Remember, Satan is never weaker than when we're on our knees. Jesus is the remedy. Now, I want to close with this story about this Christian professor who lived a life of such purity and serenity in the presence of his students that they were overwhelmed by his challenging example. They resolved to ask the elderly saint the secret of his holy life and abundant peace. 
And one day they came to him and explained that they were harassed by many temptations, which appealed to the flesh so strongly that they were distraught. They asked, do not these temptations that harass our souls appeal to you? Do they never come knocking at the door of your heart? Well, the man of God listened and smilingly replied, Yes, I do know something of the things of which you speak. The temptations that trouble you do come making their appeal to me. But when these temptations knock at the door of my heart, I always answer, the place is occupied. So here's the real secret of victory. A heart that is filled with Christ. Whether it be pride, care, or even the devil himself, there will be no room if we are fully yielded to the Lord Jesus. In the book of Psalms, in the 124th Psalm, in verse 8, the psalmist declares there, Our help is in the name of the Lord. So gang, trust him for all he desires to do for you. Remember, he'll never fail us. 1 Peter chapter 5, verses 10 through 14. But may the God of all grace, who called us to his eternal glory by Christ Jesus, after you have suffered a while, perfect, establish, strengthen, and settle you. To him be the glory and the dominion forever and ever. Amen. By Sylvanus. Now, many people believe that Sylvanus was actually the, the fellow who uh, is mentioned several times by Paul in his New Testament epistles. Our faithful brother, as I consider him, I have written to you uh, briefly. Uh, so Peter dictated at least part of this epistle to this man, Sylvanus, and he recorded it for us. And then we are also uh, told, exhorting and testifying that this is the true grace of God in which you stand. And then notice in verse 13, she who is in Babylon. Now, she probably refers to the church, which in the ancient Greek is in the feminine uh, text. And so this may actually be a literal uh, city that Peter is referring to. It's been suggested that Peter had recently visited the church there in uh, Babylon. But it also may be symbolic of the way that Peter referred to the cities of Rome and the city of Jerusalem, which was just as wicked as was the city of uh, Babylon. So we're not quite sure about that, whether that was a reference to a literal uh, city, a church that existed there in the city of Babylon or, or not. But anyway, uh, she who is in Babylon, elect together with you, greets you, and so does Mark, my uh, son. This is the same Mark who is the writer of the gospel according to uh, Mark. Greet one another with a kiss of love. Peace to you, all who are in Christ Jesus. Amen. In my Father's house, there's a place for me. In my Father's house, where I long to be, oh my heart. As we study the book of 1 Peter together, we pray it has both encouraged and challenged you to grow in your faith. The Apostle Peter understands that standing firm in your faith isn't all so easy, but the reward is great. Learn from him today and practice self-discipline and trust the Lord to help you through. 
You've been listening to In My Father's House, and we're so glad you tuned in to hear today's teaching with Pastor Mike. To listen to today's message again, or to hear more from Pastor Mike, just search for In My Father's House with Mike Venizio on your favorite podcast platform, and be sure to subscribe. You can also find us on Facebook and Instagram to keep up to date on our day-to-day happenings. If you're looking for a place in Midtown Manhattan to come together with others and worship Jesus, we'd love to have you join us this Sunday for worship at Harvest Christian Fellowship. You'll be able to reserve your seat and get directions to our easy access point at harvestnyc.org. We're also streaming each Sunday and Thursday evening service, so everyone has the chance to attend, even if you can't make it in person. If this broadcast has been an encouragement to you, would you consider supporting us? We'd love your prayerful support. And if you feel led, we're also thankful for any financial support. In fact, you can donate securely on our website, harvestnyc.org. Again, that was harvestnyc.org. Thanks for your support. And thanks for listening in today. Join us again next time for more with Pastor Mike right here on In My Father's House. Where I long to be, oh my heart, not be troubled.